My oasis disappeared. Kind of been thinking on it for a while. I didn't create it. Didn't nurture it into existence. I've been wandering out here the whole time. Can I really get angry over it being gone? I mean, this endless trek is taxing, though, and, and that should get me angry. And I don't know. Maybe I can get angry about it. I mean, it was there. I had it. Huh. Maybe chapter four can lift my spirits up. Then took Gorgas, Gorgias, 5,000 footmen and 1,000 of the best horsemen, and removed out of the camp by night. To the end he might rush in upon the camp of the Jews and smite them suddenly. And the men of the fortress were his guides. Now, when Judas heard thereof, he himself removed, and the valiant men with him, that he might smite the king's army, which was at Emmaus, while as yet the forces were dispersed from the camp. In the mean season came Gorgias by night into the camp of Judas, and when he found no man there, he sought them in the mountains. For he said, These fellows flee from us. Well, yeah, you're killing them, and of course they're going to move out. And I mean... Retreating is not necessarily a bad thing, and maybe you should be a little afraid if you don't find them, but okay. But as soon as it was day, Judas showed himself in the plain, ha, see, with 3,000 men, who nevertheless had neither armor nor swords to their minds. What? And they saw the camp of the heathen, that it was strong and well harnessed, encompassed round about them with horsemen. And these were experts of war. Are, are we going to try to pull a Jericho here? Then said Judas to the men that were with him, Fear not their multitude, neither be afraid of their assault. Remember how our fathers were delivered in the Red Sea when Pharaoh pursued them with an army. Okay. Okay. Though... You're not exactly Moses. Now, therefore, let us cry unto heaven, if peradventure the Lord will have mercy upon us. Well, okay, he's following through with let thy will be done. And remember the covenant of our fathers and destroy his host before our face this day. That so all the heathen may know that there is one who delivereth and saveth Israel. That, that reminds me of one of the stories in the Bible. Uh, somebody comes out and is like, Hey, God, they're saying they're going to destroy you. And let's not, uh, we need to let them know that you, you have, you're, you're keeping us. Okay. Then the strangers lifted up their eyes and saw them coming over against them. Yeah, that must have been a sight, but they don't have anything on them. Wherefore, they went out of the camp to battle. Well, there you go. But they that were with Judas sounded their trumpets. So they joined battle, and the heathen became, uh, being dis discomfited, fled into the plain. They didn't have anything on them. What scared them? Howbeit all the hindmost of them were slain with the sword, for they pursued them into Gazra and unto the plains of Idumea and Azotus and Jamnia, 
so that they were slain of them upon a 3,000 men. I didn't think they had swords and whatnot on them. Maybe they meant the... No, because the other people would have... I'm confused. How did they... How did they slay them? Maybe I misread this? I'm confused. But it seems like at least one... For every person, they got somebody. This done, Judas returned again with his host from pursuing them and said to the people, Be not greedy of the spoil, insomuch as there is a battle before us. Okay, so don't spoils. Don't don't get the spoils. But, he, I mean, he's still saying you can have them, which is still against God. So, hmm. And his hosts are here by us in the mountain. And But stand ye now against our enemies and overcome them. And after this, you may boldly take the spoils. As Judas was yet speaking these words, there appeared a part of them looking out of the mountain, who when they perceived that the Jews had put their host to flight and were burning the tents for the smoke that had was seen declared that uh, what was done. When therefore they perceived these things, they were sore afraid and seeing also the host of Judas in the plain ready to fight. They fled every one into the land of the strangers. Then Judas returned to spoil the tents. Ah, there you go. Where they got much gold and silver and blue silk and purple of the, what is purple of the sea? And great riches. After this, they went home and sung a song of thanksgiving and praised the Lord in heaven. Because it is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Thus Israel had a great deliverance that day. Okay, so you know the stories, Judah. You know the stories, but you clearly didn't get the memo on the spoils. Come on. Now, all the strangers that had escaped came and told Lysias what had happened. Who, when he heard thereof, was confounded and discouraged, because neither such things as he would, he would, were done unto Israel, nor such things as the king commanded him were come to pass. Okay, so he's discouraged and confounded because they didn't do this to Israel and the king commanded no such thing to come to pass. Okay. So wait, who is this? Is Lysias? Yes, Lysias. Okay, and the person that ordered this was Gregorius, Gregorius or whatever. The next year, therefore, following Lysias, gathered together three score thousand choice men of foot and five thousand horsemen, and he, that he might subdue them. So he came into Edomia. Uh, and pitched their tents at Bessura, and Judas met, met them with 10,000 men. Okay, so basically, from Lysias' point of view, these guys are just terrorists, and there's no reason that they should be targeted. Probably because he's not really in the know of what Gregorius is doing. Why aren't these guys talking? And when he saw that mighty army, he prayed and said, Blessed art thou, O Savior of Israel, who didst quell the violence of the mighty men by the hand of your servant David, and gavest the host of strangers into the hands of Jonathan, the son of Saul, 
and his armor bearer. Okay, so uh, he's praying. Pray, prayer, good. Still, got a problem with you and the spoils. Shut up this army in the hand of your people, Israel, and let them be confounded in their power and horsemen. Make them to be of no courage and cause the boldness of their strength to fall away. And let them quake at their destruction. Cast them down with the sword of them that love thee. And let all those that know your name praise you with thanksgiving. Know your name. So it's... So basically, she's like, yep, everybody that knows your name. So in knowing here, I guess it just means people who actually know of your kindness and goodness and whatnot. Not necessarily know that the name Yahweh exists. Or even L. Okay. So they joined battle. And there were slain of the host of Lysias, about 5,000 men, even before they were slain. The hope about they were slain even before they were... Some of this is weird sounding. Now when Lysias saw his army put to, to, put to flight and the manliness of Judah's soldiers and how they were ready to live or die valiantly, he went into Antiochia and gathered together a company of strangers and having made his, his army greater than it was, he proposed... To come again into Judea. Then said Judas and his brethren, Behold, our enemies are discomfited. Let us go up again, uh, let us go up to cleanse and dedicate the sanctuary. Upon this, all the host assembled themselves together and went up into the Mount Sion. And when they saw the sanctuary desolate, and the altar profaned, and the gates burned up, and the shrubs growing in the courts, as in the forest, uh, as in a forest, or in one of the mountains, yea, and the priest's chambers pulled down. They wrenched their clothes and made great lamentation, and cast ashes upon their heads, and fell down flat on the ground upon their faces, and blew an alarm with the trumpets and cried towards heaven. Yeah, I imagine that was kind of a very sad sight to see. But are they saying that because God's house is torn? Or are they saying that because they realize they couldn't protect it? Or did it mean something else? I always wonder why people do that. What is it so much about it? If God's everywhere, then you can worship him anywhere. Why does this particular place, this, this holy site, have to be something that I mean, they knew it was probably going to look like that, right? Then Judas appointed certain men to fight against those that were in the fortress until he had cleansed the sanctuary. So he chose priests of blameless conversation, such as had, had pleasure in the law, who cleansed the sanctuary and bared out the defiled stones into an unclean place. And when, as they consulted what to do with the altar of the burnt offerings, which was profaned, they thought it best to pull it down, lest it should be a reproach to them, because the heathen had defiled it. Wherefore, they pulled it down and laid up the stones in the mountains of the temple in a convenient place, until there should come a prophet to show what should be done with them. So they were waiting on a prophet. 
you know, I can understand that. We need one. <sighs> we do. I mean, we have a book. We can look at the book. But even when we look at the book, apparently we don't get it all either because we don't have anybody there to direct us. Maybe that's a codependency problem, God, but to be fair, you kind of brought it upon us by giving us them, and maybe I shouldn't be asking for a prophet. But you know, I could use a prophet out here. I really could. The... Then they took the whole stones according to the law and built a new altar according to the former and made up the sanctuary and the things that were within the temple and hallowed the courts. They made also new holy vessels and into the temple they brought the candlestick and the altar of burnt offerings and of incense and the table. And upon the altar they burnt incense and the lamps that were upon the candlestick they lighted and they might give light in the temple. Furthermore, they set the loaves upon the table and spread out the veils and finished all the works which had begun to make. Now, on the five and the twentieth day of the ninth month, which is called the month Caslu, in the hundred forty-eighth year, they rose up betimes in the morning and offered sacrifice according to the law upon the altar of burnt offerings, which they had made. So they took, they took the time to actually reestablish this altar. I mean, at least he purified it too. So now it's completely repurposed for God. Look at what time and what day the heathen had profaned it, even in that it was, uh, it was dedicated with songs and citherns and harps and cymbals. That's really cool. Then all the people fell upon their faces, worshiping and praising the God of heaven, who had given them good success. And so they kept the dedication of the altar eight days, and offered burnt offerings with gladness, and sacrificed the sacrifice of deliverance and praise. They decked also the forefront of the temple with crowns of gold and with shields and gates, and the chambers they renewed and hanged doors upon them. Thus was there very great gladness among the people for that the reproach of the heathen was put away. That's really cool. When we start up a church, do we really do that? Like a new building and dedicate it in the same way. Maybe this story isn't supposed to be canon, but, I mean, it's got some really great, beautiful scenery to it to, to just show devotion. <sighs> Moreover, Judas and his brethren, with the whole congregation of Israel, ordained that the days of dedication of the altar should be kept in their season from year to year by the space of eight days from the five and the twentieth day of the month Kalslu, and with mirth and gladness. At that time, also they built up the Mount Sion with high walls and strong towers round about, lest the Gentiles should come and tread it down as they had done before. 
and they set a garrison to keep it and fortify Besura to preserve it, that the people might have a defense against Idumea. Maybe I'm a little too harsh, God. I see things and I, I don't know how to take them. But in this situation, even though it seems like it was pretty dire, these people still came and, and worshipped you. I don't understand it. It'd be kind of cool to talk with one of them, assuming I can speak their language. But just this kind of peace that they must have felt being able to regain, like capturing the flag, but as a sacred site instead of just... And then they threw a party. Well, not really a party, but they, they dedicated it back to use to show that they had recaptured the castle and they were returning it back to the person that they wanted to be their leader. Maybe I don't understand everything. I don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, I guess while I'm out here, I can still try to give you a chance. 